Good morning, everyone. Thank you for inviting me to take part in your service. It's a great pleasure uh, for me to be here. Um, I may be just slightly uh, jet-lagged as we just got back from Malawi at 2 a.m. on Friday morning, but uh, I'm very pleased, nevertheless, to be here. And I would like to begin this morning by saying thank you for the magnificent support that PWA has given to the Board of Mission overseas over many years. Your financial support, your prayers, and your interest have enabled our Presbyterian Church in Ireland to send missionaries, to help fund hospitals and schools, and to support local Christians as we have worked together in partnership to bring the love of Christ to needy areas of the world. So a big thank you to all of you who were PWA members. But of course, we're PWA no longer. Now we are Presbyterian women. For seven years, the PWA executive have planned and prayed to bring about the relevant changes to combine all that was best in PWA and young women's groups and to create an organization right throughout Ireland to unite Presbyterian women of all ages. And so on the 1st of May 2008 at the General Assembly, PWA ceased to exist and our new organization, Presbyterian Women, was launched. Nowadays, every organization has to have a mission statement. It indicates what's at the heart of the organization and why it exists. Ours is Presbyterian Women encourages women to become disciples of Christ. Disciples are followers, those who follow the teaching of their master and are obedient to him. For us to be disciples of Christ means our first love and loyalty is to our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. We need to be like him and obedient to his will and his way. As Presbyterian women, there can be no greater mission statement than that of making disciples of Jesus, nurturing them in their faith and encouraging them in a life of service. Perhaps it's because PWA took seven years to bring about the necessary changes that they chose for their theme this year. Now is the time. Time for what, you may ask? Certainly a time for change. Change within our own organization and the opportunities that that brings. It's also a time for change for you here in Fitzroy with the retirement of your minister who has led this congregation for many years. Now there is pain and a sense of loss at what is gone and there's uncertainty 
about the future. Throughout history, God has always been challenging his people to change, to do new things, to step out in faith and obedience to him. In our PW group, our church, and our personal lives, now is the time for change. But it is also the time for challenge. The challenge to move forward under God's guidance to new beginnings and the opportunities that that brings. As disciples of Christ, now may be the time for greater faith, for more prayer, a deeper commitment to Jesus and obedience to him. A time also for action. I like the calling to all disciples in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. Make the most of every opportunity you have and try to find out what the Lord wants you to do. Recently, I was at a morning service in one of our hospitals. Tommy had always been an independent man, working hard, providing for his family, content with life. Then came the blow that was to totally change his life, a diagnosis of motor neurone disease. Tommy, with advanced disease, now in hospital, in a wheelchair, unable to move or do anything for himself, asked me in his very slurred speech to take his hand and to put it in the hand of Brian, a very severely damaged, uh, brain-damaged young man in the chair beside him. And for a few moments, the two men held hands, and a huge smile spread over Brian's face. Tommy, who could do nothing for himself, despite the terrible change in his own life, had seized the opportunity to take action and to do something and bring a moment of joy to Brian. To know now is the time may not always be very clear to us. We may struggle to know God's guidance and will, and we may need prayer and patience and wise counsel to understand his will and to be obedient to it. It may even be that now is the time to wait. But our reading today in Philippians and verse 13 reassures us that God is always at work in us to make us willing and able to obey his own purpose. And that's both a challenging and a comforting thought. <clears throat> it is an amazing experience to know for sure that now is the time and you are where God wants you to be, doing what he wants you to do. I believe as disciples of Christ, 
As we look back over the years, we can see God's perfect timing in all the events and circumstances of our lives. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is uh, certainly true for, for Jim and I. Uh, God has enabled us to serve for 12 years in Malawi when our children were young and uh, we were still having a bit more energy. And then when we retired from Cuxentenary, God opened up the way for us to return to Equindene. Jim was invited to teach at the theological college there, and I was able to help in the College of Nursing and at Equindene uh, Mission Hospital. And now the bonus, the opportunity to go back for the graduation of the theological students, and for me, the opportunity to share yet again for us, now is the time. The situation that we found in Malawi is one of contrasts. Beautiful country with high hills, green countryside, but extreme poverty amongst the rural poor. Most homes still built of mud bricks and thatched with grass. People sleeping on a mat on the floor, often without even a blanket to cover them. Women cooking on three stones over a small fire. Many people hungry, barefooted, malnourished children in tattered clothes, many without the hope of a secondary education, and without that, little hope for the future. In the hospital and out in the villages, I saw people dying of AIDS. Previously, when we were in Malawi, AIDS was virtually unheard of. Now, one in seven of the population is HIV positive. And it's seen mostly in people in the prime of life, the 20 to 45 age group. And the virus is spread by sexual contact and by contact with contaminated blood and body fluids. And therefore, if one marriage partner gets AIDS, the other partner will be affected. And sadly, mothers can pass the virus to their newborn babies. And so there are many innocent victims of HIV AIDS. Every family we knew was affected, if not by the actual disease, <clears throat> then by caring for some of the many orphans left behind. 7,000 orphans in a 15-mile radius of Equindeni Hospital. But one of the positive things is the introduction of antiretroviral drugs. Many people who are on ARVs can have a good quality of life and even have life prolonged. Before going back to Malawi, I had never met anyone with AIDS. And now I have many friends who are HIV positive. Nurses in the hospital, community workers, people in the church, people who currently look well and can hold down a job, have quite a good quality of life, but nevertheless 
people who worry about the future and who will care for their children. For they know that sooner or later, in God's time, they will die from the disease, for there's no cure for AIDS. The needs of Malawi are immense. Yet, amazingly, churches are overflowing. Everywhere there are new congregations and the church is flourishing. Despite the difficulties, what strikes you most is the cheerfulness, the generosity, and the deep Christian faith of wonderful people. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, we read that Jesus went round the towns and villages in Galilee. He saw with compassion the great needs the people had. I believe much like the needs of many people in Malawi today. When people were hungry, Jesus fed them. And when they were sick, he healed them. For Jesus... Now is the time for action. Not tomorrow or when I'm not so busy or when I have more time. When Jesus saw people in need, he took action. As disciples of Jesus, we need to be like him and to follow his example. I'd like to tell you a little about some true disciples of Christ in Malawi today. There are our own PCI missionaries. For Una Brownlee, now is the time. Time to go back alone to Livingstonia, where she and her late husband Donald worked together as doctor and nurse at the mission hospital for quite a number of years. It takes courage, commitment, and a deep Christian faith to be a woman alone in a remote area working in a hospital where she is the only expatriate. Una is an example of good nursing care, of kindness, generosity, and hospitality as she opens her home and shares her faith with her Malawian colleagues. For Helen Quinn, now is the time. Now is the time to be working at Equindeni Mission with her husband, Robin. To be separated from her children and grandchildren at a time when most women think of retirement. To have a constant stream of people to her door. Seldom a meal without interruption. For Helen is helper, friend, advisor to countless people. She also drives into remote rural areas over rough, rutted roads with her Malawian colleague. Promoting the church's Women's Empowerment Programme. This aims to give poor village women increased control over their lives. And she does it all with humour 
and with patience. For Helen knows now is the time, doing what God wants her to do and being where God wants her to be. Maria is a local Malawian lady, a wonderful disciple of Jesus. Her husband died of AIDS. Now she's HIV positive. Three times she's been on the point of death, yet each time she's made a miraculous recovery. She works at Equindeni Mission Hospital, providing home-based care for other AIDS patients who are either too ill or too far away to get to the hospital. Last week, I went with her to visit a young woman in her mid-twenties, a widow. Her husband had died of AIDS two months ago. She has a small child of around two years, very malnourished. And since her husband died, she's given birth to a baby girl. We sat on the earthen floor of this tiny house built of mud. It was completely empty, except for a small bag of maize. And when I looked up through the roof, there was a very light uh, thatch, and I could see daylight. I could only imagine the misery when the rains come in a few weeks' time. This lady, also HIV positive, she's thin, anemic, she has pains in her chest, sores in her mouth, and she's badly in need of food, both for herself and her children. But through Maria, she got iron tablets and antibiotics, a little money for food, and a promise that next week volunteers would come to cover her roof with strong black plastic and a further thatching of grass. Maria is a devout Christian, and she says with a smile, this work is from God. And she does all of this knowing that at any time she herself could become ill again and die from AIDS. For Maria, now is the time to devote herself to the care of others. Let me tell you briefly about Barbara, another Malawian colleague. She's the sister in charge of the children's wards at Quindeni. And during my time at the hospital, I got to know Barbara well. The ward can be crowded with children, many of them very ill, some with malaria, others suffering from chest infections and malnutrition. Still some other children will be in the side ward with horrendous burns from the open fires on which their mothers cook. Most of the children will need IV fluids or injections. So can you imagine Barbara's frustration when the hospital has run out of the right size of needles and even the most basic drugs are often out of stock? Barbara cares deeply about the children in her ward. 
and she wants the best possible care for them. In her off-duty time, she goes out and buys milk and eggs and ground nuts for the children with malnutrition. In our affluence here, can you imagine a child dying of hunger? Some do. Unfortunately, infant mortality is high and deaths are fairly frequent. But when you hear the wailing of a mother who has lost her child, it's a sound that you never forget. Barbara's work is extremely difficult, but for her, now is the time to devote herself to the care of those who need her so much. And she does it with dedication and commitment, a true disciple of Christ. To be a disciple of Christ in Malawi or here at home means, first of all, love and loyalty to Jesus Christ. It means seeing with compassion the needs of those around you. And it means knowing what God wants you to do and being ready for action. For now is the time. In Christ's kingdom, there is no retirement. Young or old, whatever stage of life we are at, God has plans for our lives. And if we let him, he will lead us and guide us by his spirit. In his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2 and verse 10, Paul writes, God has made us what we are, and in our union with Christ Jesus, he has created us for a life of good deeds, which he has already prepared for us to do. What a tragedy if we missed those things that God has prepared, things that we alone can do. A few nights ago, on our way home, we slept in a hotel room in Addis Ababa, in Ethiopia. Outside the door was a large poster with the words, There are many wonderful things that will never be done if you do not do them. So now is the time. I was in a church once where the minister ended the blessing with the words, Be ready, for you never know when or where or how you will be called to serve. And it's not always the big things that Christ calls us to do for him. Brother Lawrence, in his classic book, The Practice of the Presence of God, writes, We ought not to be weary of doing little things, for God regards not the greatness of the work, but the love with which it is performed. Now is the time, time for us as Presbyterian women, as members of this church, as disciples of Christ. Now is the time, the time to hear his voice, to be obedient to him and ready for action so that at the end of all time when we stand before Christ 
we will hear the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Come on in and share my happiness. For when you did it to one of these brothers of mine, you did it unto me. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we commit our lives to you. Will you lead us by your spirit and fill us with your love? May we hear your voice and see your opportunities. Help us to know that now is the time and be ready, for we never know when or where or how we will be called to serve. In your name, amen.